Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A lot of things are happening around us today. There are domestic events which we should be concerned about, and at the same time there are international events that are directly related to what the Bible says concerning these last-time events. And Ezekiel, obviously, as you know, is a book of prophecy. It's a lot to do with coming the tribulation period and also the, uh, the kingdom period. So it is yet in the future a lot of these will take place. But God wants us to understand what is going to happen even in the future. And usually when he gives a prophecy, he gives an immediate uh, prophecy, at the same time a distant prophecy. For example, for example, for example, uh, let's take a prophecy, for example, virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And when that was given in Isaiah chapter 7, it was to happen sometime, long time ago, about 700 years later. But in order to help the people understand that the prophecy came from the Lord himself, God gave something more immediate so the people understand what is taking place. So God gave a son to prophet Isaiah to prove that Isaiah is indeed a man of God. And God does that in order, to, in order for the people to see that God has prophesied a lot of things yet to happen in the future. And much of Ezekiel, for example, uh, when this was written, was a lot of these were in the future. It's a lot about the um, condemnation of different nations or Israel or a lot of things about the coming of uh, Jesus Christ and a lot to do with the restoration of kingdom and also restoring Israel as well. But prophecy can be difficult, but it can be very enlightening, and many of us will need to understand at least some basics of what these prophetic books are talking about. Otherwise, we'll be so confused with what's happening around us. And our focus is so widespread. And we are so into social networking today that we are engaged in so many activities that, that we are somewhat wasting our time as Christians not really discerning our time or redeeming our time and try to concentrate on some of the things which are which should be more important to us. For example, a lot of uh, gossips or celebrities about Hollywood, and uh, it's all over the place. But in real sense, it's a waste of time. Okay. You don't need to know all about Madonna, anything about Megan Fox. Uh, a lot of these are on the news, but that you don't need to know them. But there's some things that are in the news that we all need to understand, at least get a glimpse of what's happening in relation to the Bible. Because the Bible is given so that we may understand what God is doing and God will be doing in the future. And by understanding his prophecy a little bit better, that we may be prepared better, not only as a church, but as a family, but as an individual Christian. Because indeed we are living in the last days before the coming of Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul fully expected 
the return would take place during his lifetime. That was 2,000 years ago. So you're saying, oh, within 2,000 years, so uh, he's not going to return for another 2,000 years. You may say that, but we are 2,000 years closer to his coming than Apostle Paul was then. So we've got to be a lot more concerned what's happening. But we're not going to talk about the domestic issues. This is not about the uh, economy. So, But we need to so talk about something that's uh, happening in the Middle East. Because God is interested in what's happening in that region of the world, so we should be. Let me just throw some questions to you, whether you have any idea what's happening around here. Are you familiar with the Operation Protective Edge? Okay, some of you are. Okay. That's operation that is Israel is doing in the Gaza Strip. There's a fight going on between Israel and uh, the, what group? Hamas, thank you, yes, at least we got some very uh, enlightened people. Okay, Hamas, okay. So there's a fight going on, and the prime minister said, uh, we will continue to do it, whatever is necessary to destroy all the tunnels there, make sure that they cannot stop, cannot start shooting missiles into the cities of Israel. So that is happening right now. And Israel is God's chosen people. God is always interested in what's happening in Israel. And why Israel going through a fight this time? But there was a fight with the uh, Lebanon, for example. There's a terrorist group up in Lebanon as well. What's the name of that? Hezbollah. That's right. They're up there. So there's a fight with that. And uh, as you know, that there's a fighting fight going on in Iraq as well. Are you familiar with uh, ISIS? Yes. At least we heard what ISIS is all about. It's an Iraqi. It's an insurgent from Syria moving towards the northern part of Iraq, and they took over a lot of cities. We American soldiers uh, fought and bled, and uh, we kind of uh, recovered a long time ago. But a lot of these cities, like the Mosul and the this, all just gone into the hands of the insurgent again. A lot of these are happening in Iraq. And these are Sunnis or Shiites? sectarian fight, the Sunnis, but the Shiite is in government, and uh, Iran wants to help Iraq because they are Shiites as well, but Saudi Arabia is Sunnis, Kuwait are Sunnis, so there's all sectarian fight going on in the Middle East, and why should we concern about these ISIS or the uh, event in Iraq? Because Iran wants to destroy Israel. The supreme leader of Iran just said, Israel must be destroyed. That's the only way we can keep peace in the Middle East. Israel got to go. If they go, everybody will live in peace. That's basically their argument. And that's the argument United Nations, a lot of Western nations are propagating too. So all these problems come from Israel. It's your fault. But it's a land given by God himself. The Palestinians never lived in Israel. It's not their land, even though we are all part 
to believe that for Israel is to believe for us. So I stopped watching some of the news. I watch CNN because they're usually the first ones to report the what of these events. Then I look at the Fox News, for example. I know it is not perfect, but they at least they seem to be a lot more conservative than other uh, the uh, other uh, networks like ABC or NBC and so on. So Damascus does a good job of braining, brainwashing us that the Israel is, is on fault and all the Arab nations is good. Now the Israelis are killing all the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. They are killed about 1,000 civilians. Not so. Yeah. I mean, they were killed, but these are being used as shields by Hamas. They'll put their civilians. The Israelis will go, and they say, okay, civilians, evacuate this place because we're going to bomb this place. We're going to destroy the tunnels, so you need to leave before we actually attack then the Hamas will bring the civilians into the same area and use them as shield so Israel will get the blame when the civilian gets killed. That's what's happening in Israel, the Gaza Strip. We should be concerned because God is interested in what's happening in the land of Israel. You may say, we are in the States. It doesn't really worry me at all. Why should I be so much concerned with the... Uh, I should be more interested in the economy and uh, where the next paycheck will going to come and uh, how my kid will uh, uh, turn up, that kind of thing, which are important. But we are, whether we like it or not, because we are in the United States, we are directly or indirectly involved with all these world events. Yeah, we have turned away from a lot of these things, from ISIS, the Iraq event, we basically turned our back. Now, I just heard the news just a couple of days ago that the U.S. embassy in Tripoli in Libya, no, not Libya, Tripoli, Tripoli, right? They just completely evacuated them now. Now, the Tripoli, okay, they, they, they Egypt, Egypt, they Libya, then now the Tripoli. Yeah, just about everywhere, we are either pushed out or we have turned our back. The Syria, the Iran, all these are events happening around us, but at least, Christians, we need to understand at least some things what's happening around the world in order to have a correct perspective on what's happening, that we may live right before the Lord. Because if we just remain totally isolated, I don't care what's happening with the Middle East. It's uh, miles away, and uh, you know, my, my kids don't get hurt, and uh, it, that's the attitude which is not God and So rather than just a, you know, social network with everybody, let us try to spend at least some time to understand what's going on in the Middle East so we may be prepared, not only for his coming, that we may have a better stand as Christians and also uh, we may know how to live properly in these last days. So let me just share three things tonight from Ezekiel chapter 38. It speaks about the invasion from the north. Gog is the leader, and the land of Magog, that is Russia. That is Russia. It's Russia will team up with, verse 5, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya, and other countries, other nations. And there will be an invasion from the north. 
to Israel in the latter days. This is going to happen during the tribulation period, either at the beginning of tribulation or in the midpoint of tribulation. Theologians differ on this. I personally think it's going to happen at the beginning of the tribulation period. But this is the, uh, the invasion from the north by a northern confederacy. And Persia is what country today? Iran, isn't it? Iran. Russia and Iran. What's happening in Iran? They are developing nuclear weapons. Once they have it, what are they going to do with it? Sell to us? No. They're going to attack Israel with it. That's the only purpose they really have to develop nuclear so they can destroy, annihilate Israel off the face of earth. That's what they want to do. That's their revelation from their God. Israel got to go. But that's not going to happen because as soon as they have a nuclear weapon capable enough to take Israel, Israel will take the preemptive strike against Ir Iran. They'll do that. Because it's a matter of survival. Prime Minister Netanyahu said this is a matter of survival. It's not just a war. I mean, Hamas is attacking our cities, our schools, our people. Thousands, thousands of missile rockets every day. It's a matter of our existence to them. To us, it may be just an international incident out there, but to them, it's a matter of life and death. So they will take actions. Iran, threat with nuclear weapons. Yes, Israel is not going to just stand there and just they're going to attack. They have to attack in order to survive. But this attack from the north is going to happen much later, but the Russia and Iran will be the major powers of that confederacy. Now, what's happening in Crimea? What's happening in Ukraine? Who is pulling all those strings behind the terrorists there, or at least pro-Russian, the separatists? Mr. Putin, yeah, is the president of Russia, and he wants to uh, revive the old glory, the Soviet Union, not Russia. He wants to restore the glory of all Soviet Union. Yeah. He has this delusion. He's a crazy man. Yeah. And he thinks that he can do whatever he wants to do. So he took over Crimea. Now he's pushing the... Uh, more separatists in the eastern part of Ukraine, that the eastern part of Ukraine will come on under his control as well. Once he has done with that, he's not going to stop there. He's going to push his influence over a lot of old Soviet countries, Latvia, Lithuania, and uh, whatever, the, all the, uh, the neighboring states, he's going to influence all that. And Russia a few years ago was not a superpower anymore. Remember? Mr. Gorbachev, uh, tear the wall down. And uh, Russia is no longer a superpower. And we are the only superpower in the world. And, but now Russia is re-emerging as a superpower again. Why? Because that's the way God planned it. Mr. Putin is not saying today, I am doing this because the Bible prophesies it that way. 
He has no idea what the Bible teaches. But God uses not only good men, at times even evil men to accomplish his plan. And Putin is nothing more than a pawn. He's being used as a tool of God to accomplish his will. It's not just Putin. Russia and all the neighboring nations, they are simply just tools so that God can accomplish his will in the end. But these are happening all around today. And we got to be very, very pleased that, that we should be aware of what's happening. Yeah, you may say, Israel's been fighting for years. And you may say, oh, it's just another year. It's going to stop. And then another year. But that's pretty serious these days. Yeah. They are very sophisticated. United States, no, I'm sorry, Israel is completely isolated from the world. Completely. Used to be United, United States was the, uh, the major power behind Israel. And we were the ally of Israel. But not anymore. Israelis are very lucky to trust us for their security. So they're all by themselves, all alone, out there, surrounded by Arab nations, surrounded by the wolves, and they're all by themselves try to defend a tiny little piece of land. But be assured, God will protect them. There's no doubt about it. Israel is not going to disappear. Israel is going to be protected by God. He will do that, and Israel will be restored, and also it will be expended, and the land will become a lot more uh, expensive as the Bible teaches. We know that and we believe that, but Israel still needs to go through a lot of birth pains in order to reach that stage. A lot of these are happening because God wants to accomplish his plan. So three things. Number one, I want to see the plan of God. I don't have the outline on the screen, but uh, we will move pretty quickly. I want to see the plan of God. Verse two, you see Gog. Gog is the leader of the land of Magog. The land of Magog. It speaks about the uh, Meshech and Tubal. These are the two Russian cities. The first one is Muscat. So uh, it is clear, pretty clear this is the nation of Russia they are talking about. Then verse 8, Persia is Iran today. Ethiopia is Ethiopia. And Libya is Libya today. So these Arab nations will join Russia and they will attack Israel. Why would Russia attack Israel? I can give at least three reasons. Number one, Russia needs a port, warm water port. So Russia made access to the Mediterranean. Russia has a lot of ports, but many of them are frozen. They're cold, but they need warm water port. If you know geography of that area a little bit, you see Crimea right in the Black Sea. That Crimea, at the, at the tip of the Crimea, there is the naval base for Russia. So they travel down, they, they travel down through Istanbul, the Bosphorus, the strait there, very narrow strait between Turkey and Greece. And they need to go through that strait and pass Istanbul so they can go out to the Mediterranean. And they need a warm port. 
and Israel is next to Mediterranean. And Israel can be a very strategically important place for Russia to have control over. Number two, Russia needs oil. Oil is needed everywhere. Russia has a lot of natural gas, but it doesn't have much oil. And who is going to provide oil? Iran. Yeah. Yeah. Iran says, you know, whatever you need, we'll supply the oil for you. So there's a very, very close relationship between Iran and Russia today. Whatever Russia wants, Iran wants to do. Whatever Iran wants, Russia will provide. Whether it's a military equipment, missiles, or whatever, you name it, will provide the equipment for you. So there's a very close relationship between Iran and Russia already. Then thirdly, there is the, uh, the Dead Sea. We believe the Dead Sea is uh, full of minerals. Tremendous amount of minerals are buried in the Dead Sea. Yeah, potassium chloride, or, uh, calcium chloride, whatever. The, these are the very, very valuable, and there are billions and billions of tons are buried within that Dead Sea. And you can actually float in the Dead Sea. You can go there and you just lie back and you just float in the water. That's how salty it is in some parts of the Dead Sea. But Dead Sea provides a lot of wealth. And even speaking of oil, you might have heard just a couple of years ago that the major oil fields were discovered in Israel as well, or offshore to Israel. Now Israel has oil also. So there are, there are some reasons why Russia wants to attack Israel. Because of these strategic regions, Russia and her allies will attack Israel, but they'll only do that because God allows them to do it. It's all within God's sort of uh, supervision. Nothing just happens in God's economy. Everything happens with a reason and purpose, and God allows it to happen. So Russia and Iran are doing this, but it is God's plan behind it. I want you also to see verse 19 of the um, chapter 38. There's a God who is intervening with it. Not only God's instrument we see there, but I want you to see God's intervention there. In verse 19, there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. When the attack comes, God will intervene. God will do the actual fighting for you. It's not the Israeli soldiers, but God will intervene. There will be a major earthquake in the land of Israel, verse 19. Look at verse 20. All shall shake at my presence. All the Gentile nations and Israelis, they will shake at God's presence. Because they all recognize it is not human doing, it is God's doing. They will all say that, this earthquake, all these then verse 21 speaks about the every man's sword shall be against his brother. Verse 22 speaks about pestilence, rain, hailstones, fire, and brimstone. It's all God's doing. God will intervene directly into this. And God will destroy Russia and its confederacy. If you get verse 3, for example, there, uh, verse 4. I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws. God said, I will turn you guys back. 
you may invade Israel, but I'm the one who's going to turn you guys back. And if you keep reading the word of God, you will notice that the uh, one-sixth, only one-sixth of all the northern confederacy will survive in the land of Israel. rest will be all killed. That's a lot of people who will be destroyed by God himself. So with that kind of magnitude and severity of punishment, everybody would say, this must be God. This is not Russia. This is not Israel. It must be God who is doing all this. And with that plan, obviously, God has a purpose. We'll come to that. But the purpose is God wants all the Gentile nations, as well as the uh, Israel, who is in spiritual blindness today, may see that God is behind all this. God wants to see everybody on their knees recognizing it is God who is doing, it's not Russia, it's not United States, it's not Israel, it is God who is directly intervening with these events, and they will recognize God as God. I want you also to see the verse, uh, there's the, um, there's a obviously instruction there, that is, he wants all to understand it is God who is doing it. If you know anything about the Israel kind of a history, Israel became an independent state back in 1948. 1948. By the way, U.S., this country, was the first nation to recognize the statehood of Israel back in 1948 by President Harry So right at the beginning, U.S. stood behind Israel, okay? We are with you all the way, and we recognize a separate state, and that's how Israel became an independent nation back in 1948. But you know the story about Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, and all this, a constant fighting after fighting, ever since 1948. But Russia, Israel is not destroyed. It's still there. It's winning against Arab nations at great odds. Now, they've taken over the uh, Jerusalem, eastern part of Jerusalem as well. Now, the Jerusalem is part of Israel today. Gaza Strip, they occupied. Now, they rel relinquish that. The West Bank, the Golan Heights, they occupied all these lands. Because each time Arab nations made an attack, Israel fought back and they secured more land. But they're willing to let this land go. For Gaza Strip, for example, they're willing to let it go. So that the Gaza Strip can become an economically viable kind of a society. But each time we Western nations blindly support these Palestinians or Hamas, let's say for the children's education, for the nursery, for whatever, what they do with the money is they turn around and buy cement, buy concretes, and buy missiles and technologies, and turn around and start shooting at Israel. They've been doing that for years, and they are doing it today, and they will continue to do that. Because for their existence, the purpose of their existence is to destroy Israel. They don't care 
how many civilians get killed? As long as we get one Israeli. That's how serious the situation was. But there's a plan behind all this. We must be able to see the plan, perhaps not in details, at least this is not just happening. God is behind all this. God has a purpose behind this. God has a perfect plan for this. At least as Christians, we need to at least see that. It's not just an event. It's an event, perhaps orchestrated by God, event allowed by God, so that he will ultimately accomplish his purposes. So I want to see the plan of God, but I want to see the purpose of God. Chapter 38, verse 23, for example. Thus will I magnify myself, God says and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. That's one of the purposes. Again, verse 21 of chapter 39, please. Next chapter, 39. Verse 21. And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid upon them. Verse 23, chapter 39, and the heathen shall know. Verse 24, and hid my face from them. Eventually, God wants all the Gentile nations, whether it's a Russia, whether it's a Iran, all of them know that it is God who is doing this. He will manifest himself as God before them, so people will recognize it is God. It must be God who is doing this. So he wants to manifest himself as the Savior of the Gentile nations. But at the same time, he wants Israel to understand the same lesson. Remember when Jesus Christ came, they crucified him. Now one day, the Jews will recognize the person they crucified, the peers in the cross, is the very Messiah that God promised to answer his prayer. And we find that in Zechariah chapter 12, for example, Zechariah 12, 10, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him. They will finally see Jesus they crucified is the Messiah of the Old Testament and he's the very Savior of the world and Israel will finally see that. They do not see that today because they are spiritually in blindness. They do not see that. There's a legitimate government there, democratic government there. There's a prime minister, president, everybody else, but the, they are spiritually still blinded. They have the land, they have the government but they do not have that spiritual discernment today. But they will come. They will come. When that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Then Bible says in Romans chapter 11 verse 26, so all Israel shall be saved. All Israel shall be saved, Bible teaches. Yes, they are in spiritual blindness today, 
They do not recognize they killed Jesus Christ. They do not see him as the Messiah. They do not see him as the Savior of the world because they are in spiritual blindness in part. But God has a plan that when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, in other words, the last person, last Gentile person trusts Jesus Christ as, his per, as a personal Savior, then God's time will come and he will say, yes, the fullness of it is done. Now, Israel can remain not in blindness, but they can remain in spiritual awakening. And Bible says, all Israel shall be saved. But there is the tribulation. The two-thirds of Jews will be killed. Yeah. Only one-third of Israel will survive through the tribulation. But at least they will see Jesus Christ as God. And every person, all Israel shall be that day come later, not today. But the point is, when God has a plan for something, God has a purpose behind this. That purpose is, God wants all Gentile nations to realize that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And he wants the same blessing to the people of Jesus Christ. So that is the point. It kind of makes me sad. For example, I'm a Korean by birth, and I'm an American by choice. Yeah. I could not control my birth. You know, I, I could not control my parents. So I was born as a Korean, but I chose to become a United States citizen. It was my free will choice. I want to be part of God's blessing, really. This nation has been a great blessing from God. This is the greatest nation on earth. I guess that's the reason we all live here, right? Not in Mexico. Hemin, you want to go down to Mexico and live? You should. You get to eat taco all day. Huh? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But we chose to live here. Many of us chose to uh, become a part of this society because we've seen how God has blessed this society for the last 230 years or so. It's the greatest country. Yeah, we see a lot of ills. We complain about all, everything from TSA and everything about, you know, everything we complain about. But still, this is the best nation in the world. If you really do not like it, you can pack your things and go home. Yeah. I mean, I can say it because I'm an immigrant myself. If you don't like it, don't complain. Just go. Go home. Yeah, wherever you came from, yeah. Just go. Yeah, go back to Korea. Or North Korea, for that matter. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there is a purpose behind it. It's sad to see that uh, we have somewhat lost that sense of exceptionalism. It's unfortunate. I hope young people can see that as well. God chose Israel. On the same token, God, I believe, chose the United States as the holder of his beacon around the world. God wants a showcase. God wants Israel to be a kind of a showcase before all the Gentile nations. This is a nation that fear God, and this is a nation how God blessed so much. 
And by presenting Israel as a showcase before them, God wants to convince the Gentile nations there is only one God, one true God, that is Jesus Christ. God wants to do something similar with the United States by, by building this nation. Never in history, never in history, a nation was built or nation was founded on Judea or Judeo-Christian principles. Never. I'm a Korean by birth, but the Korea was not created or established that way. If you look at the Korean history, it was between a uh, bear, female bear, and a man, and um, they got married or whatever, and that's how Korea kind of a began. Okay? So I guess we all have the, this bearish sort of blood within us or something. Yeah. Yeah, you look at all the history. Uh, one nation comes and destroy another. They establish a new nation. And that's many of the nations changes in history. But not here. No. People chose to flee. People chose freedom. People chose religious liberty. That they can honestly serve God in a nation where everybody's equal. Everybody's free to worship their true God. That did not happen in European countries. I lived in England for two years. Great history, great heritage. I especially like Prince George. Whenever there's a news on Prince George, I click to it and see his pictures. Yeah. He's just turning one. Yeah. Grace, with me? <laughs> you don't look at <laughs> I know who you look at. Princess Katie Middleton. <laughs> but the Prince George, yeah, it's a great nation. But it's sad to see many Bible-preaching churches have closed down England today. Many of them turn into libraries and schools and nurseries. And unfortunately, there's a one mosque is newly built every week in England right now. There's a one Islam Muslim mosque is built. Now, they're talking about Sharia law in England. Are you familiar with Sharia? Girls, would you like to live under Sharia law? I hope not. Because girls will be just like commodities. You can just sell you off someday. That's under uh, Islam, Sharia law. That's what they want. They move into a nation or society. They want to be governed under the Sharia law. That's the Islamic law. And gradually they extend their influence so that a nation will become a nation under Sharia law. That's not going to happen in the United States. We are too good for that. But European countries, because the churches are so weak, they have drifted away from the truth so much, they've got no power, no strength, no resistance at all. We do not have people like Spurgeon in England anymore. He stood against uh, the uh, influx, the inflow of the uh, liberalism. He got out of the Baptist Union so that he may stand faithfully with the word of God. He preached the word of God. He was Calvinist, but he preached the word of God, and he preached soul winning as well. So we had a great man like Spurgeon who stood boldly on the word of God 
and call what is sin and what is not. But today, if you go to England, you just do not find that anymore. I'm sure there's some churches still, but you just in general consensus, there's churches dead in England. And I just read a news the other day that the Archbishop of Canterbury, who is the spiritual head of the uh, Anglicanism, a queen is the head, but the, he's the uh, Archbishop of the uh, Church of England. And he's retired now, and what does he do? He has this morning meditation every day, which is a combination of Buddhist, Christian, and Islam or whatever. It's a mixture of every religion, and he does that meditation every day. And he used to be the head of the Church of England, Archbishop of Canterbury. That's how, how spiritually we are kind of lost in England. It's sad, but that is happening very quickly in this nation as well. So we've got to be careful. Young people, I mean, we've got to carry the baton, but the, we will hand over the baton to you. Sooner or later, we have to. You've got to carry the baton. It's going to be a lot more difficult. You may have to fight for it. You may have to fight to stand faithful to the word of God. One day that the cops may even come and say that you cannot preach Jesus Christ as the way Bible describes because of the law. If that's the case, each time we go out soul winning, we may have to register with the police before we go, and we're going to do this on a certain day between certain hours and certain street. We're going to uh, make, make some visitations. We may have to report to police before we can actually go out to tell that of the city ordinance. That day may come very soon. So we got to be straightforward. But I want you to see the purpose behind God is God knows he's still on the throne. He knows what he's doing. And it looks dismal, it's abysmal, but he knows how to restore everything in the end. So I want you to see the plan of God. It's all God's doing it. Then there's a clear purpose behind it. And I want you to see one more tonight. That is the progress of God. How far, how much has God done so far? I want to see the emergence of Russia. It's incredible how Putin does some of the things and he can get away with it. John F. Kennedy, do you remember Cuban crisis? Does anybody not remember, read about Cuban crisis? We know what it is, yeah. Yeah, Russians will build a base in Cuba. Cuba is just next to Florida. And President Kennedy said, no, we're not going to do that. So what did he do? He declared blockade. All the Russian ships traveling to Cuba, no, we're going to inspect you guys. No missiles, no military equipment. So there was a blockade, which is called a Cuban crisis. And President Kennedy said, we can only maintain peace through strength. He knew what he was talking about. In order to keep our peace, he said, we got to be strong. And by becoming stronger, he said, there are a lot more peace on earth today. Same argument or same philosophy we see from President Reagan as well. Peace, yes, but with strength. 
They were not perfect people. They were presidents, but not perfect. But at least they knew how to run a country. They knew at least how to run the United States. We are a peace-loving country. We'll do everything possible to maintain peace. But when the time comes, we will use our military strength to do what, we, what needs to be done. But that's not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore. That's why Russia is merging as a, another superpower today. Even Korea, for example. Korea used to be an ally of Israel. We are 100% behind Israel. But today, Korea does so much trade with the Arab nations there, constructions and oil, obviously. So in a recent, uh, one of the uh, United Nations resolutions or something, Korea simply abstained. Yeah. It's something to do with Gaza Strip, I think, the fight about condemning Israel for the fight, and Korea simply turned its back and said, no, we simply abstain from this fight. That is what's happening with many nations today. And I'm sad to say, Korea is one, and I'm even sadder to say, United States rapidly becoming a nation, just a one of many main nations around the world. And I personally do not believe that's the way God created us. God created exceptional nations in order to maintain peace in the world, to be a showcase before God. And we know from history how the American missionaries went all around the world and they preached the gospel. And while we were doing that, this nation became the greatest nation in the world. But when we stop doing that, when churches become liberal, we become uh, compromising everything. We go into charismatic movement. We're speaking in tongues and emotionalism. Just the people-based churches rather than God-centered churches. We've begun to lose the power. The Holy Spirit is no longer with us. The empowerment is not there. And we see a lot of people today, they really just care less what's happening to churches. But we must see the progress of that. The emergence of Russia, the emergence of Iran, it's all part of God's plan. And God has done a lot. God has progressed a lot towards the goal, which is the second coming of Christ. As you know, there are four political blocks in the world today. You may disagree, but that there are at least four political blocks of the world today. There's the West, which is us, plus the European nations, European Union. That's the West. Then we have the East, consists of China, India, and Japan. That's East. We know there will be 200 million soldiers marching from the East to Jerusalem. Yeah. 200 million soldiers will actually cross Euphrates and will come to the promised land. In the olden days, 200 million soldiers, that's impossible. But today, that's a reasonable figure. With all the Chinese soldiers and Indians, they can that's the east. Then we have the north, which is Russia. Russia. 
then we have the south, which is the, the block of Arab nations. The Arab nations. The four political blocks of the world. And we are all confronting each other. And sooner or later, we'll create friction. And there will be wars. And this is all happening around the world today. The emergence. Then I want you also to see the uh, emergency in Israel. Emergence in Israel. Israel is in a war today. It is called Operation Protective Edge against Hamas. Perhaps it was against Hezbollah. Those are the Shiites in Lebanon. It might be Iran next time. There's a constant emergence within Israel just to survive, just to maintain peace. Israel will be willing to do anything if they can just keep their borders safe. They'll even their cells soul, their souls if they can maintain peace in Israel. And we cannot give that peace. United can, we cannot do that. Russia cannot do that. No nation can do that. No person can do that. But we know there is one person who will guarantee that. I'll have a covenant with you. Israel, I guarantee your peace. And he will sign a seven-year peace agreement with Israel. That person is called Antichrist. The political leader of the European nation, the European, the old revived Roman Empire. He may be living today. He may be living today. It's not shrinking. It's not shifting yet. None of these. But even the United States cannot guarantee peace anymore to Israel. Israel cannot trust us anymore, I guess. But Antichrist will come and offer a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. And Israel will lay their arms down. Their, their fences are not guarded anymore. They'll be living in peace. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 38, when they are living in peace, Russia will invade from the north. So these are coming. We are so much engaged in so many things today. My cell phone contract is going to be over in a couple of months. And what's my interest? the next cell phone I want to get. And I already asked a couple of people, you know, what's the best cell phone you want? One said, you got to wait for iPhone 6, which comes with a 5.5 screen. Oh, somebody said, no, 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 you got to get Samsung Note 3. That's the best. I find myself checking text, checking emails and the uh, I didn't do that 20 years ago. And we still manage well. We actually talk to each other. We actually call. Hello. How are you doing? Can I have a cup of coffee with you? Now we don't do that anymore. Chip, 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 tap. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm doing okay. Okay. 
still 24 hours. I hate myself at times. I see myself wasting my time. I just checked the messages 10 minutes ago. I'm checking again. Just in case somebody might have texted me again. Yeah. yeah. And it has that, you know, bing sound uh, with the uh, iPad, with the iPhone, everything. You know. Each time it go bing. What do you do? Just got to check it out and what it is. That's how I waste my time. And some of you do that too. While the world is just going through all this turmoil, birth pains, just waiting for the coming of Antichrist or coming of Christ, then the emergence of Antichrist. We have come a long way. That sounds like a ladies' cigarette ad. Baby, you have come a long way. They have to add something else. But God has come a long way. We are very much close to the end. I'm not suggesting that we should all isolate and get into a bunker somewhere and all hide ourselves and just uh, sing Kumbaya, hope that the Christ will come one day. That's not what I'm suggesting, but we are very close. If you don't feel that, that's John Maxwell. If you don't feel that, if you don't even burden about it, you know. But Sister Lydia is a great example. Her baby's name is Megan. You all know that, right? Megan is just a new baby. And I teach this lesson. Her second name is Megan Fox, I said. Megan Fox Lee. And Sister Lydia said, what? I don't understand. And I think that she's the only person in this whole wide world who doesn't know who Megan Fox is. I'm sharing with you. I think so. But that's life we are in now. I don't need to know who this Megan or whatever the lady is. I don't need to know. I don't need to see every text that comes along. I don't need to read every email. I don't need to see every ad out of there. I don't need to do that. But God wants me, but rather the devil wants me engaged in that activity. That my focus may be clouded, that my attention may be just little of focus where God wants me. That from Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, it's a kind of extensive chapters, but we are at least we see the plan of God. But there's a clear purpose behind it that we may know him as the Savior of the world. And we also see how much the history has proven that we have come closer to the coming of Christ. Russia, Iran, the struggle of Israel, and the emergence of Antichrist is very, very close. And with that, let's read Romans chapter 13, then we're done here. Romans chapter 13, if you have your Bible with you. Romans chapter 13. Verse 11. Romans 13, verse 11. Then we are done for the night. 
If we could, let's read verse 11 down to verse 14, please. Okay. If we could read that, that would be good. Let's begin. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put it on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof.